Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, a Cardinal podcast that, like Rick Hummel, is ready to be done with this shit. <laughs> my name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. Uh, Lil Kamish is what they call me. <laughs> and this week, we're going to be uh, catching up with the now slow offseason and doing a bit of a recap of the good and bad of the 2022 season. If you have an idea for the opening joke, tweet us at Talk About Birds. I, uh, Ben, I know you hate Thanksgiving. We talked about it last week, um, so I guess I just want to know how terrible was your Thanksgiving holiday? God awful, Nathan. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, 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 no. It was good. Uh, I even the morning of, I got in the spirit and I baked a couple of items. Uh, <laughs> those bakes mostly went well. Um, I was bogarting the oven from my wife who had actual real planned things to cook. Um, so we were jockeying for position and elbowing each other and burning each other. Um, nice. but no, I, I got into the spirit of the last second. I ate, um, quite a bit of food and, got, uh, got into the spirit, conquered some native lands. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> talk about that. I, you know. Just outside of Denver County is Arapahoe County, which is, I think, generally where we were. And obviously that county got its name from a group of people that used to live there. So technically I was on lands that I had uh -huh. uh, commandeered from a native people, just like our ancestors did yeah. so many Good. moons ago. Uh, what'd you bake? I, uh, I baked a kind of like a uh, no need loaf, uh, like a French loaf. Um, okay. in the oven. And then I got really, uh, I got, hey, hey ben, if, yeah. if, if you don't need it, why'd you make it? Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a cricket button there. <laughs> it was, I mean, that was bad. I hated it. Um, you don't even deserve a courtesy laugh. Mm -hmm. Um, you're, like you're it. bad. You're bad. Nope. It was fun. For so, me. all right. So I made a no need, uh, like French style loaf. All right. Okay. You didn't have anything that time. Okay. Uh, and then I got ambitious and I made Japanese milk bread dinner rolls and they surprisingly turned out far better than the French loaf. The French loaf, I, I was uh, discombobbled and it, it just didn't go well, but freaking nailed that Japanese dinner roll, uh, a milk, lo milk bread dinner roll thing out of the park. Uh, people were eating it up like freaks. They were just shoveling it in their mouth. <laughs> well, I don't think I've ever heard of this. What is a Japanese milk bread dinner roll? Okay, so I can answer <laughs> this, but I will caveat with like, I'm going to sound like an idiot right now because I don't really know what I'm talking about. Do you but the big difference to say that? If, if, if we had to have that caveat, you'd be saying that at the beginning of every episode, which we do, but we normally we delete it from the episode. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I've had it with you tonight. This is this is tab after dark. We're getting uh, in it. All right. Uh, so Japanese milk bread. First off, you use whole milk, uh, mostly instead of water. 
to make it. Okay. Uh, it there also is an element called, and I'm going to mispronounce this for sure. I believe it's called a tung zhao, tung tung zhao, zong, tung zong, uh, which is the best way to describe it is kind of like a bread roux. You make a little bread roux mm. in a pot, and then you kind of set that aside, and then you mix it into the dough, and it makes the bread like almost creamy and like really, really light and fluffy. And it, it arises quite a bit um, and taste Mm-mm. so tasty. <laughs> yeah. It sounds great. Uh, tongue, tongue, yeah. tongue. Jeez. Somebody I feel like I feel like I got it in one. <laughs> um, that's cool. We had a, uh, we had a good Thanksgiving. Molly and I have really, I didn't ask. Settled into a niche. I'm just gonna keep going. Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait! Family. Really quick. It's it's tang, tang zong. Tang tang zong. zong. Okay. Yes. Cool. Sorry, I wanted to get that right. Sorry. <laughs> Good. I bet you still got it wrong, but it probably. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Molly and I have settled into a, a bit of a niche with our uh, family uh, Thanksgiving, where she makes a fantastic charcuterie board. And she like really goes out all out on it and and like will make bread and stuff like that for it. Um, and then I make cocktails. So shocking. I, yeah, I'm a little bartender at the at the party. Yeah. Accidentally got your mother in law uh very drunk. Uh Not so cool. that was funny. Well Not cool. Hey, I'm just making, okay? I don't I'm not in I don't I don't force people to order more drinks i'm just slinging drinks <laughs> all right but it was good it was fun yeah what'd you um, make i uh, i had a, an assortment of gin drinks available wow so the highlight the feature being the french 75 which is a light drink great for i think events like this it's uh You've got your gin. Are you reading syrup. from a catalog right now? What is happening? <laughs> this is, I've got this so tattooed on my arm. light yeah. drink. <laughs> hmm. uh, yeah, I just closed my eyes. It's tattooed on the inside of my eyelids. Cool. Um, no, it's gin, simple syrup, lemon juice, and then uh, champagne. All right. And it's like as much champagne as the rest of everything together. So it's very bubbly and very tasty. Uh, and then you have your t- gin and tonics and your gin gimlets available for those who don't want the bubbles. And uh, yeah, so it was good. Wow. All right. Yeah. Wow. Damn fine radio we've got going here. This is a off-season podcast. So yeah. Not that this is too terribly different than what we talk about in the regular season as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like it was good. We hope that all of our listeners out there, um, if you are part of celebrating Thanksgiving, hope you had a good one. If not, good for you. Um, so yeah, what do you want to talk about this week, Ben? I know the off season, uh, we are in peak ain't shit happening yeah. <laughs> off season well, right now. Yeah, I do think it's important uh, if you've made it this far in the episode, I will be very clear. Uh, this is the week of ba- th- this is the deadest week of the off season. Um, it's the week before the winter meetings. Um, they start on Sunday. Things will actually start happening. Then we obviously there was a couple of uh, free agent signings and stuff like that this week, but nothing really big. Um, so yeah, I think we should kind of, well, for, there's one little rumor that I thought was kind of fun to hit. Um, and then I think we should kind of do our little end of season wrap up. Let's just talk about the cool. season that was, uh, talk about 2022 
Um, obviously there were some new faces, there were some surprise performances. Um, I say we get into it, but before we get into the past, I want to talk about the future a little bit and a, uh, player I really like and, uh, and, uh, geez, a player I really like has been kind of rumored to be in the Cardinals sphere of, uh, of focus or whatever you want to call it right now in an athletic article that came out yesterday, Jesse Winker, uh, formerly outfielder with the Reds. He was traded to the Mariners, uh, along with a Eugenio Suarez, uh, in the off season as the Reds, you know, did their, it's not even tanking, just their, their money saving, giving up that they went, yeah, yeah, just giving up. But Jesse Winker had a really bad year with the Mariners. Um, we know Jerry DePoto, the GM of the Mariners likes to make a deal. Um, and he is being associated with the, the Cardinals as a potential trade target. And I find that extremely interesting. Um, I think Jesse Winker was injured last year. I think he was moving teams. I, th- I think it was just not Jesse Winker's year, but I think when healthy, he is one of the best left-handed hitters in baseball. And I think he is like a top five left-handed hitter against right-handed pitchers. Um, and I think, I know you're going to say, do the Cardinals need another outfielder? Jesse Winker's not really a good outfielder. He's not a good defensive player at all, but he is that kind of bat. Of course, when healthy, we get him for one year. Um, I really, really would like the Cardinals to take a flyer on this. I don't think he's going to cost too much. I think that the Cardinals and the Mariners match up for various reasons. Um, anyways, that's my little sales pitch on Jesse Winker. What say you, Nathan? <laughs> yeah, I like Jesse Winker. I think he's fine. And even in a down year last year, he still had a 108 WRC plus. So even when we would consider it a bad year for him, he was still slightly, ever so slightly above league average, which you have to be happy about if you are someone that's acquiring him to say like you know worst case scenario we were acquiring a league average hitter um i just when you add in that bad defense side of it you're really banking on that return to form and i still argue that i'd rather gamble on someone else that isn't going to cost us trade capital and whatever it would cost to get winker I suspect with what the Mariners are doing, it probably wouldn't be a ton to get Winker. So if it's a cheap trade and, uh, you know, there is, I don't know, I guess I get it. Like it, it kind of makes sense to me, right field DH, use him smartly, use him against righties, let him sort of return a form. There's some indications that last year besides injury was also just unlucky career low. BABIP as well. So, you know, there's some recipe there for a, a bounce back. Um, but even at his career year with the uh, the Reds in 2021, when he hit 24 home runs, he still only put up 2.9 F4, which you might say, well, three F4, like, cool that's good you know we'd be happy to have a three war outfielder but that's not much more than like what dylan carlson did last year and he barely played so i just don't i don't you know 
Yeah, I think the the war is one thing, but the hitting line is another thing. And I think the Cardinals could benefit from a bat like that on the left side of the plate. Over the yeah. past two seasons combined, he hit 292, 392, 552 batting average on base percentage slugging for a 945 OPS. I mean, that those are big numbers right there. And even if it is somewhat limited, even if it is just bad, I think with the with Albert leaving, I think yeah. there's a gap for that. I think this is somebody you could slot in the middle of the lineup. You could even split up um, Paulie and, and Nolan and have this guy bat third, have him bat fifth. I think it makes a lot of sense. And yes, I, I agree. The total war totals aren't there. Um, but that bad. It, it is really including good. bad defense and the Cardinals could possibly mitigate that. I, I totally hear that. And yeah, like I get it. You know, I've been putting a lot of faith in a, in a whole slew of like rookie outfielders that, uh, you know, all could absolutely fail in a single season. And all of a sudden we have a giant hole in the outfield. Uh, I mean, we saw it a little bit last year with, Corey Dickerson getting so many starts, which was definitely not in the plan. <laughs> right. Um, but we have more, we have more outfielders this year going in than we had last year, even though they yeah. traded Harrison Vader. So, and, and I mean, and I want to cut you off really quick, uh, which I'm doing right now. Like yeah. we've had this situation. There has been Adolis Garcia. There has been Randy Rosarena. There's been Harrison Bader, Dylan Carlson, Steven Piscotti. They've developed a lot of major league talent. And then it's, it just hasn't really worked out. Um, I think this is a different kind of talent. I think it's a different kind of player than anything the Cardinals have right now. Um, and like, I don't know, is Juan Yepes the DH of the future? Yeah, I don't uh, know. We we say Yepes here, and <laughs> I uh, um, I I I like it better than the Brandon Nemo, um, yeah, selection well, because I shit, do that think- guy's gonna get paid. Yeah. Well, and I also think that like if I'm going out and doing this, I am looking for that ceiling, you know, that like return or breakout um, that. That big bat. Right. And Nemo's great, but Nemo is like, I'm going to do everything slightly above average or, you know, above average in some of his skills, but not any one thing like particularly over the top, maybe on base percentage. Yeah, OB. Um, also, yeah. he is like the fastest home to first base time on a walk. Um, so he's got a few like real skills, but that batting line, you know, he pairs a lot of things together to be a valuable player. If I'm going out and getting an outfielder right now, I guess I am looking for that offensive high end capacity, which you're probably not getting from a Nemo and you probably aren't getting from a winker, but I do, you know, you're the stat line you threw out, like that's great. Right. So if you can get something like that from him and the cost isn't super high, I'm for it. I like getting winker more than I like getting Nemo. I still don't think either are necessary, but if, if they're going to go out and get an, another outfielder, like I like the Winker idea more than most other ideas. Yeah. Yeah. The, the thing is, the, the way in which it lines up, I'm not 100% sure. They're going to need a second baseman. They might want to move JP Crawford from shortstop to second base, get, in a, get a shortstop. Um, they probably need one more outfielder. Um, I don't think it does not seem like they're going to uh, uh, let Kelnick have a major league job. Um, how about that? Just trade for Winker and Kelnick. Take two sleepy bats yeah. off of them and see what happens. Um, I, I, I wonder if their asking price would be very high because 
you for know, Kelnick uh, or for Winker? For for Winker. I I don't know. I mean, he costs money. Uh, that's the dumbest thing I've ever said. But you know what I mean? Like <laughs> he, co- he cost money. <laughs> his yeah. salary is not negligible at this point. Yeah, and he's going into his age twenty nine season. Yeah, you know that's prime candidacy. But he's also like you said, bat first. Um, doesn't really have a, a position. Cardinals don't usually like bat first guys. Um, so I don't know. I think I, I would expect the price not to be too terribly high. And also the Mariners are cl- clearly doing something with their outfield and have a plan. Yeah. And they may just be motivated to move him because he doesn't fit into the plan and you may be able to get him. The Cardinals have a, uh, a trade history with the Mariners as well. There's been a fair amount of trades over the years. So yeah. it lines up. And I wouldn't well, hate it. I wouldn't hate it because, yeah, one, uh, what's that season look like last year if he was closer to his normal 300 bad bip and he wasn't hurt? Probably looks a lot better and a lot right. different. And we're not even having this conversation because he's just staying in Seattle. Yeah. yeah. And he's still with that, that all, you know, not everything going his way. He still had a 344 on base percentage um, yeah. with 84 walks, led the team in walks. Um, I didn't put this on the outline, but I'm going to throw it at you since you kind of talked about the Cardinals trade history with the Seattle Mariners in the same article, uh, Marco Gonzalez was brought up. Um, Cardinals legend, um, obviously <laughs> traded away, uh, geez, what was that? Probably five or six years ago at this point. Yeah. For Tyler O'Neill, right? Exactly. What are yeah. your thoughts on the Cardinals? Going back, and I think essentially what the writer, and I'm sorry, I forget who the writer was. I'll look it up while we're talking. Um, but essentially it would be a Marco Gonzalez and Jesse, uh, <clears throat> geez, Jesse Winker deal for, you know, I don't know, whatever the Cardinals would pay up. Thoughts, concerns, feelings? I mean, sure. Like, I guess we could always go with another three, four or five starter, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, I don't know what need that fills other than the inevitability where one of our starters breaks, but is he starting in the bullpen? Are you going out to get him a guy who's been a very consistent major league starter? Is he replacing Matt's? Is he replacing, I don't know, Flaherty? I like, there's not really a spot for him there. There likely will be. I think we all yeah. know, you know, the rotation's going to need support. Um, but where does he go to start? And is that the right type of guy to get? Like, I mean, this is easy for me to say and harder for the team to actually do, but I'm a bigger fan of like adding at the top and pushing everyone down than just totally. throwing it, than just throwing in more into the pile, into the, into the clump in the middle, yeah. you know, but um, I mean, he's been good. You know, I, I think he would likely be useful for the Cardinals. I just don't see them adding that type of starter yeah. right now and, and think of the comeback story wow wow he, i mean the, he had like 40 innings with the cardinals in the two tickets years sell themselves i remember his uh he uh he had his debut at coors field and because he's yeah. a denver guy and like there was a whole section loaded up and there was like very yeah. not a lot of people at the game but there were yeah. a lot of marco gonzalez people there so it felt like a home game I the believe Cardinals. his dad is still a coach in North Denver at a, at a high school okay. or something like that. I believe that that's a thing. Um, yeah, I think I, I, I pretty much agree with you. Um, why trade for Marco Gonzalez when you could just go sign uh, Jose Quintana, um, who's right. probably a tick better and basically the same pitcher? 
or let Zach Thompson get a real yeah. shot again, yeah. or Matthew Liberatore, who didn't really yeah. get a consistent shot last year. Like, yeah, I just don't see the value in it, other than the assumption that like we're gonna need innings at some point, and you could do a lot, lot worse than than Marco Gonzalez. But yeah, like what's he he's doing? A, he's a real horse, point? Nate. Wow, giddy up, pony boy! <laughs> oh God! All right, <laughs> you you started it. I guess I did. Um, all right. Any other free agency, free agency you want to talk about? We have some league newsy we'll talk about later, but no, that's, that's all that's going no. on. I think we're right just now. in the, I think we're just in the waiting game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the Cardinals are going to do anything at the winter meetings. I have a feeling in the, in my stomach, but anyways. Okay. So let's move on. Um, again, let's, we're going to do our end of season wrap up. Uh, and I think the best way to start that is by talking about the new faces that were on the big league club this year. Um, and I kind of put these in an order that as I'm reading through it, it makes sense in my mind, um, but it might not make sense to other people. So we'll just, we'll just get into it here. Um, and the first one on my list is Steven Matz, um, who had a weird year. Uh, one or one injury that um, was unfortunate. The second injury that definitely could have been avoided but I appreciated his athleticism and he kind of make the play, you know? Uh, yeah. But <laughs> what, what are your, like, what are your high level 30,000 foot thoughts on Matt's production while he was actually wearing a Cardinals uniform? I think that we saw multiple different version versions of Matt's in multiple different stages of injury recovery. And we don't really have a clear picture of what he will provide as a starter for the Cardinals. But I will say my general takeaway is that when he was ready to pitch and was pitching at max capacity, he looked good. And I think he should have a, a spot in the starting rotation next year and should have to lose it because he was brought in to be a starter He has a history of at least mild success as a starter. And even with the ups and downs of last year, he only threw 48 innings. Uh, Don't look at the ARA. He had a couple of starts that he got blown up. And when you have that low innings, it's going to screw your ERA. But from an FIP standpoint, 3.78, which I think we will take all day from our, you know, number four starter. And I think there's more in there. There's better in there. Um, He was clearly not at full speed in several of his starts, but when he came back that little window in between his recovery from the initial injury and then the injury from the, uh, from trying to make that play, which I always wonder if like, is that truly a one once in a you know situation impact style injury, or was that thing gonna break snap no matter what? And it's just that was the play yeah. that did it. You know, we'll it was never know. Pretty awkward. And if it, you, it was, like, yeah. in case you don't remember, he was kind of it was a weak grounder hit up the first baseline. He charges it aggressively, um, and yeah. then kind of like got caught up on himself and like kind of tripped over himself. And was it the Achilles? No, it was something in his knee, right? It was his MCL. Oh, or yeah, whatever. he tore his heel. Yeah. Oh, my God, he tore his MCL yeah. and still came back and pitched. Um, yeah. Obviously, not the, the like the worst tear of all time, but still, holy shit. Very yeah. impressive. So, so it, 
I, 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 it was a, it was a bad year and no yeah. one would say otherwise, but I don't think it's a year that you say like, oops, we shouldn't have signed him. Yeah. You just chalk it up to it's dangerous being a starting pitcher. And it was a bad, a lot of bad outcomes, but the, the process was fine. Maybe don't try to make that play. You're getting older, dude. Um, but yeah. otherwise, I'm still pretty confident in Matt's as a starter for the Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm, I'm fully aligned with that. I will say there were times where I was, I was very much mouth agape watching him. That's how good his stuff was at some point during the season. I I'll say, I kind of, I, I kind of almost look at this year as, as it didn't happen as far as uh, Steven Matt's right. is concerned. And I do believe he found something that one year in Toronto before he came to St. Louis, I think he found something with his fastball location and the way that he's able to locate his fastball sinker. Um, and I think it's also worth noting, like obviously very limited time. Um, and, and maybe this would have dipped down as the season went on. Um, but he had a career high average fastball velocity, career high slider velocity, career high curveball velocity. Um, and right at his normal career levels, at change up like, the guy was throwing gas. Obviously, like those m- numbers might be ticked up a little bit because of the bullpen and it's very limited innings, but like there's a lot in the tank left. Um, the other thing is, I'm not sure, like, are we going to ever get 32 starts out of Steven Matz? I'm not really sure about that. I'm not sure if he's that guy, but I do think that he is highly useful and a power left hand arm that's just going to be a benefit yeah. to the team one way or the other. Um, I mean, so as a, a, on Toronto, he had 29 starts in 2021. We'll skip right past 2020, though. He did have nine starts, which is probably the most he could have 2019. He had 32 and 2018. He had 30. So it was, this was really his first injury impacted season. He'd been a bit of a horse for these for the teams even though he wasn't getting close to 200 innings you know he he was starting a lot of games but ending most seasons around 150 innings um but if we can you know be hopeful and say these were independent injuries and this isn't the start of a you know an injury period of his career i don't think there's any reason to doubt that he could start 30 games he's done it four of the last five years. And uh, I should also note too, um, and I think it's speaking to your point about his pitch quality. Uh, I meant, I said FIP, which is a good stat. One I like even more is XFIP. He had a 3.16 XFIP last year, uh, which is really, really good. Um, it's 48 innings. Yeah. But that's also like a reliever's workload. And if, you know, if he was a reliever and we were looking at that, we'd be saying this, what a, what a great season. Yeah. 10 over 10 K per nine, 3.16 XFIP. Like you would be happy with that all day. So, um, I guess we just have to hope for health with him and, and assume the results will be there if he's out there all day. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's move on. Uh, Steven Matz, 2023, shall it be better for you? Uh, let's talk about, we already talked about, about him, uh, Juan Yepes, um, obviously longtime minor leaguer, uh, came from Atlanta in the Matt Adams trade, zip zop zooey. He's in the bigs in 2022. He's hanging out with Albert. Um, and another year that was kind of marred by an injury, uh, a long injury. Um, but yeah, what, where do you, where do you see, or where, I guess, how do you rank his, uh, 22? 
Well, I, I, I hate that I have to keep reminding you, but here we say yay, Pez. I'm so and, sorry. Um, this one's a little harder for me because we really, by the time he came back, there wasn't a good spot for him in the lineup. Yeah. Pujols was suddenly the best hitter in baseball outside of Aaron Judge. Um, so he's DHing. And, you know, you've got Corey Dickerson. So, of course, you're <laughs> not benching him. Like, he just didn't get the playing time once yeah. he came back. Uh, so I don't know what to make of him. I thought he looked good. You know, we were pretty excited about him in April and early May when he came up. He was, in a lot of ways, he carried the offense at times, right? I uh, had that sort of approach that sometimes he looks like a slap hitter and sometimes he looks like the most powerful guy on the team, yeah. you know? And uh, I, I think that's a unique approach. Most guys can't switch between those two different type styles of hitting. Um, still relatively young. Like I'm obviously being an optimist. I just raved about how much I expect Matt's to be great. <laughs> and I don't want to do the same with everyone that we talk about because uh, you know, Yepes has his issues, but I just don't know with him. Yeah. And I, and I don't know where he plays next year. Um, That's my biggest question is where do you slot him? And, and like, you know, we talked about this before 2022 started your, your, your DH should be platooned by Gorman and Yepes and play the matchups and, or the hot hand or whatever. Um, And I think there's still some value into that. I just like, if you look at the underlying numbers, there's some concern um, obviously the way he ended the season, there's some concern, but I think my biggest problem is where the hell do you play him? Unless he's just the guy that DHs and then gives Paul Goldschmidt a day off his feet. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's your best bet. Um, you know, we're, well, I think a lot of us would like to see Burleson get some real ABs and, uh, that's taking away from you, Pez. Um, if Walker is up, that's going to be taking away from you, yeah. Pez. There's a lot of guys that you just would rather see than Yepes. And, well, and with those two gentlemen that you just named, uh, they can play right field. Um, and, and Walker, maybe center field and left field. We don't totally know where that ceiling yeah. is. Um, but, you know, Burleson, I think I feel a lot better with Burleson and right than I do with Yepes, you know, defensively. Right. Yeah. Um, it's going to be tricky. I think it's going to rely on him having an incredibly hot spring and then also he's going to have to hit in his limited uh, yeah. um, opportunities to, to force his way into it. I mean, there's, there's an opening right yeah, in, yeah. in right field. And there's a lot of guys that I think, or that we know will be competing for that spot, assuming they don't go and trade for someone or sign someone. And I, I hope that you can, can show that. But if I were a betting man, I don't think he ends up being, like the predominant amount of ABs yeah. um, out of most of the guys. I wonder how other teams are viewing him in the league. I wonder if he's uh, like got trade bait, bait written all over him for a team that needs a right-handed power bat or, or, a, or a DH or a first baseman um, just because he doesn't totally fit in the Cardinal shaped hole. Um, all right, let's move on. Um, you and I's favorite player on the Cardinals. Uh, let's talk about Packy Naughton. Oh, Packy um, Naughton. Who, like, really started as a joke, I feel like, um, on this podcast, <laughs> uh, primarily, maybe not in real baseball. Like, obviously, he's a real baseball player. But he kind of ended up having some, like, really big moments um, in big games and and getting out, like, getting some very key outs. Um, he amassed 32 innings. 
Uh, he had three starts on the year. Um, but I mean, I think from you and I's perspective, like the dude totally came out of no- nowhere, you know, he's like a, I, I think he was still rookie eligible, 26 year old rookie. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, in his limited amount of time, 32 innings, he had a 8.72 K per nine, which if he were a starter, that would be one of the best starters on the Cardinals. I think uh, that would be the best starter on the Cardinals. I think it would be too. Yeah. Um, and if we go with those underlying numbers, um, you know, his XFIP 3.36, that's great. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, I don't have a lot to say about him other than that. I think he should be in the bullpen and I hope we, he, he gets, a. A, a more time to see what do we actually have here? 32 innings is not a lot. Um, I mean, it's, you know, a back of your, or the front of your bullpen amount of innings, <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's funny. We say back of the rotation is, is not the best part right. of it, but back of the uh, bullpen is the good part of it. Yeah, it's inconsistent and, and kind of nonsensical. I, I think I actually agree with you on this pedantic point you're making. And and, and Ben, why do we drive on parkways? Oh, Jesus, and, <laughs> and park in driveways. Yeah, uh, and furthermore, Hornet. why don't they make the whole plane out of the black box? That's actually smart. Yeah. Um. Okay, I'm moving on from this. <laughs> uh, why why get Marco Gonzalez when you have a packy not at home? Um. It, can he start? I mean, I know he started, but that was more of an openers style thing. Um, can he go five, six innings? Um, I will bet a donut that he will be starting in spring training. Um, I'm torn on taking this bet because I I want to get a donut, but I don't <laughs> want to give up a donut if I'm wrong. All right. Well, and, well, and you still owe me a steak, but you know, know what? Let's do it. I'm headed St. Louis way soon. You'll you'll get. I think your everybody gets starts in spring training. <laughs> How are we defining this? <laughs> you already said yes. Damn it! And right. I want one of those expensive donuts from that place down the street from your house. Ooh. I'm not trying to dox you. Um, all right, <laughs> let's talk about. I think this one will be even shorter. Uh, let's talk Drew Verhagen. Um, he is going to be on the team next year. I actually think that he, I think the Cardinals are going to start a narrative where they're going to try to, he is going to be pushed uh, for a starting position, uh, sorry, a starters uh, role in the rotation um, in spring training. The Cardinals really like him. Um, I will say before I let you respond, it's kind of curious why the Cardinals like him. His fastball has really, really good spin on it. Um, so I think that's pretty much what it is. His fastball has really good spin on it. Um, and his curveball has like 60 inches of downward break. Um, yeah. it is not particularly spinny. Um, but I think when you have that super high spin rate fastball and a 60 inch break on your curveball, I think the Cardinals are just going to, I don't, I don't think shove down our throat is the right way to say it, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, I, I just think Verhagen is going to be here until he is like home run out of the league or something. All right. Not out of the league, but out of the starting rotation. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, you, you see that stuff on paper or, um, you see it in a game and you think, 
well, with, with that type of spin rate, that type of drop, like he must be good. Right. And I can understand why it's appealing and the Cardinals have had success bringing guys like him back into the MLB. Um, but it was not there in no. 2022. Um, I've been talking some sugar on other guys and their underlying numbers uh, with Verhagen. It's quite the opposite. Uh, you know, it's only 21 and two thirds innings, which is an incredibly small sample size, but we're talking a 5.51 XFIP. So when he was out there, it was not working. No. Um, so we would need to see uh, a real overhaul. I mean, maybe not an overhaul, but real execution yeah. of what he's trying to do. And I mean, I guess like, is he your ninth starter or whatever? <laughs> like, right. Sure. Um, but I hope if that's the case, then I hope that he is in AAA working on his starters repertoire and his consistency. And he's called up to be a starter in the event that he's needed. And he's not coming out of the bullpen because, uh, it did not work last year. Yeah. You know, baseball is difficult because a guy who is six, six two thirty throws the ball 95 miles an hour with crazy spin rate still gets blown up. Like, yeah. Like, I feel like if you were making a baseball player, you'd say six, six two thirty throws 95 plus And, uh, yeah, still getting blown up. Well, he had almost a six uh, walk per nine. Yeah, so that doesn't help. It doesn't matter how hard you throw it if you can't find the zone. Um, and so there's a lot of things that he'll need to do better, but I think that's where you got to start is throwing strikes with that heat. And because big league hitters will just wait, you know. And you tell them, ADH. I am a professional hitting coach. <laughs> they they interviewed me for Jeff Albert's spot, and I said, "You know what? I've got a podcast. I'm I'm uh, yeah. I'm busy. I okay. would I would pay money to see you explain hitting to Paul Goldschmidt. Oh my god! <laughs> so there's the sweet crack of the bat. You know, <laughs> uh, he'd be nice about it though. He's he seems like he a nice would be. Guy. He'd be nice. All right. Uh, so those are the new faces that uh, kind of started or, or we knew were on the team. Um, now I want to talk about some new faces that were traded for. Um, and we'll start that with Jojo Romero. Uh, to remind you all, Jojo Romero was acquired via trade from the Philadelphia Phillies World Series losers. Um, <laughs> losers. Edmundo Ed Why Sosa. Why even try? Yeah. Um, which I was kind of sad about. It, it was nice to see Edmundo get a nice run through the playoffs. It was too bad to see him catch the final out that destroyed the Cardinals' hopes of anything <laughs> happening this year. Um, yeah. But yeah, Jojo Romero, um, interesting. You know, he's a left-handed thrower. We saw him a little bit. He throws, you know, high to mid-90s. Um, short guy. He once cracked a or uh, crushed a Red Bull can on his head before he came out. Um, <laughs> that's really that's really what we're looking for here. So I mean, I like uh, it. Yeah, yeah. I I think he should, and I expect that he will be back in the bullpen next year. Barely got a look at what he brings, but um, I think it it looked good to me in the sample size that we got, striking guys out, um, good XFIP like. We don't know enough yet, but he's he'll be 26 going into next year. Um, it makes sense to me that he's one of the lefties out of the bullpen, and I suspect that he will be. 
Yeah, I, this is just like a guy that you need in your bullpen, and that's exactly. I think we 100% agree. Like a guy that throws mid 90s from the left side, that guy has a job in baseball, uh, you know, yeah. for all time. And he's so, young. He, you yeah. know, there's there's enough there to think like that he could become something really good. Um, and I think that'd be quite the quite the win to get that from Sosa. Um, yeah, for the Sosa trade, even though we we really enjoy Edmundo Sosa, but like you know, I think getting so, a, a potential high end reliever is is you know would make it yeah. worth it. So curious to see what the Phils do with the shortstop position. There, you know, there's rumors that they're going after Trey Turner, um, and I I doubt that they would just run out Sosa for 160 no. games next year. Um, I, I think we're kind of last year. Yeah, yeah. I I would. I will bet you a donut that they will sign one of the big four shortstops. Okay, you're you're not going to say Trey Turner though, but you'll say one of them. No, well, okay. I can't say any one specific. If no. I was real, to me, my bet would be Dansby Swanson. That feels Dansby. like ex- feels like exactly the Phillies, and yeah. just to rub it in the Braves' face, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet they sign Dansby. All right. Um, I think Dansby will, I don't know, be a Yankee. We'll see. Cut off all that hair. That's all I want to yeah. see. All right. <laughs> moving down the trade list. Uh, uh, let's talk about Jose Quintana, who was traded from Pittsburgh for Johan Oviedo and a few other players. Chris Stratton was also included in that deal. Um, and I find Chris Stratton a little boring, so I am not bringing him up. We talked about him last episode. Um, but Jose Quintana, um, you, you, we've talked about him already. I, I think the Cardinals still are going to resign him for two years, twenty-two million. <laughs> although he might have earned himself Locking a little bit more. In. Yeah, yeah. Um, what are yeah? What, what what are your thoughts on Quintana? What's yeah? What's your rating here? What more could you ask from him? I mean, he was Season the best saver. Star- yeah, he was the best starter on the Cardinals forever. Yeah. The moment we got him, he became the best starter on the team, and he was great in the playoffs and. I think that that's all we'll ever have from Jose Quintana. It was a wonderful two months. Yeah. Um, he's, he was, is it was a great get, uh, the trade Oviedo, we think will be good for the pirates, but ultimately almost no matter how good Oviedo ends up for the pirates, you would call this a successful trade. I don't think the Cardinals will resign him. Um, but I would not be opposed to it. I would take that over, um, like a Marco Gonzalez or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cause that we now know Quintana is capable of returning to his previous highs. I mean, there was a time in baseball where Quintana was one of the best starters in baseball. Right. And that's why the Cubs wildly overpaid for him way back when. And, and broke him. Yeah. And then we saw he can do that again. So like that ceiling is still there. So I would be okay with them signing him, but I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, um, but I I think it was a it was what more could you ask from a guy uh, that you get from the Pirates on the trade deadline? You know, like it it was perfect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, Dewitt should just write him a check just as a thank you for saving their yeah. season. He had yeah. uh, once he got traded to the Cardinals, twelve starts, sixty two and two thirds innings. Uh, he had a two oh one ERA and a two point six FIP, which just stunning like was a yeah. fantastic like you said he was the best player he was the best pitcher on the cardinals during that time 
I know what you're saying. I still think it would make sense, um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I would not be surprised if like the Orioles are give him three or four years or somebody yeah. steps up with that extra year. Actually, now that I'm saying that, the Angels have uh, they have a definite need for a Jose Quintana type starter. There's a, there's a ton of teams yeah. that he would... Whoever signs him, I think, will be happy with it, at least for the next year or two. If you get him on a four-year deal... I'm just never happy about having a 38 year old pitcher unless their name is Adam Wainwright. Um, you know, so we'll see where it goes, but yeah, I mean, he, he was great last year. So no notes. Great job. I, uh, I agree. I think I'm thinking, I think every team in baseball could use Jose Quintana other than the Houston Astros. (laughs) Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about the big trade, uh, and the big man, uh, another six, six, uh, uh, big, big lefty Jordan Montgomery was acquired around the same time traded from the New York Yankees for our good buddy, Harrison Bader, who we love and we miss. Um, and and I hope really, really good things happen to him in New York. Um, but yeah, Jordan Montgomery kind of, uh, funny enough, got outpitched by Jose Quintana, but still had a really nice Cardinals run. Yeah, and he's younger, and it felt like the Cardinals unlocked a few things with him. He looked like a we we talked a lot about it when when yeah. he came over, but um, you know he he changed his approach a little bit with the Cardinals, and it it worked off. It worked out. I think like more so than signing Quintana or trading for Marco or whatever. Like I'd be happy with the Cardinals just extending Montgomery. Yeah, grab a grab a few more years. Uh, because I, I'm expecting him to have a very big 2023. Um, again, like not as good as Quintana, but Quintana was incredible for 12 starts. Yeah. So it's not really a knock on Montgomery to say he wasn't as good as Quintana. And I think with Quintana's size and his age, or I'm sorry, Montgomery's size and his age and all that, like it, it seems to me like he's going to lock in. He's probably not ever going to be your ace. Yeah. But it seems to me like he, you'd be locking in a number two or three starter for several years if we yep. can get him into his age uh, 30, 31, 32, that sort of range. Like we, it, He's exactly what the Cardinals needed and still need, and yep. we have, so lock him up. There's outside of Liberator and Thompson, it's not like anyone's knocking down the door from the left-hand side to come in and be in the rotation. And those guys don't even have the same sort of profile as him. So uh, you can have a Thompson and a Montgomery in your rotation to be happy with it. So um, lock him up, get him a few more years. Why not? Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think, you know, I'm going to go back to that Ryan Rucco, CC Sabathia podcast interview that he did. And he talked about in that interview, he had been there for maybe four or five starts at that point and talked about the idea of being locked up by the Cardinals, staying here a long time long-term and, and, and digging his heels in. Um, I, I agree with everything you said. I think he's great. Uh, really, really like the trade. Although I miss Harrison. What are you, so you're John Mose, like you're walking up to Jordan Montgomery first week of spring training. What are you offering him? I'm, I'm going to say, I think my, hmm, I think my opening bid would be like five, a hundred. Mm, okay. What do you think? Yeah. I'm wondering what he would want because I don't know how many, I guess it depends on what's, you know, where he sees his value at, but I was thinking like three fifty, three three years, yeah. 50 million, something like that. Um, 
so we're both in a similar ballpark as far as AAV goes. It just depends on what he's looking for from a yeah. year standpoint. I would suspect that he'd like to be a free agent again at like 33 rather than at like 35 or 36, you know? So Locked just down the bag now though. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. Um, so I, I think, yeah, somewhere in the 15 to 20 a year. Um, and then how many years? Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, let's hope that, you know, Wayno does the old, uh, hard sell, on him this year and talks about legacy and all that stuff and, and makes it happen. It seems like Wayno has a magic ability to recruit or something. At least <laughs> that's how the stories are written. Um, here's a, here's a fun one. Yeah. He had a 3.48 ERA and a 3.43 XFIP. So he, he got exactly almost exactly the expected results for his, uh, for his, um, process. He, he is who we thought he was. <laughs> yeah. And uh, th- I mean, there's reason to believe he can be better. Um, he is 29, but he didn't really, uh, he, you know, he pitched in 2017 for 150 innings, but he didn't really pitch in 2018. He didn't really pitch in 2019 or 2020. And then it wasn't until 2021 and 2022 that he was back and pitching consistently. Yeah. And with what the Cardinals unlocked, like, I think it's, I think it's a reasonable bet to say that he still has his best years in front of him, which is exactly the type of person that you're trying to acquire. Yeah, you know, get that excess value out of him. Hundo P. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hundo P. Let's move on. <laughs> All right, well, that ends our little uh, our our new faces segment. Okay. Uh, why don't we tell people how they can find us? Yes. So if you enjoy the show and you want to support it, we do this every week. Rain, <laughs> sleet, oh holidays, you know, we're busy people, right? And still, we come together every week to make this dumb show. Yeah. And if you want to support it, want to, <laughs> want to see it grow, consider joining our Patreon. If you just want to say, hey, thanks for the time and effort. Consider joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash talking about birds. Uh, we have a, a, a multitude of stupid uh, levels, including the Bill DeWitt tier, which we will stop the podcast <laughs> if anyone uh, subscribes at this level. Uh, all we need is one subscriber at $1.5 million a month, and we will stop <laughs> doing this. So if you're out there. I didn't know uh, you actually put that up. Yeah, it's up there. So all, right. all we need is one. There you go. Um, but anyway. Subscribers at any level <laughs> get access to the bird scored. It's our private discord. You don't want to be out there tweeting and tooting and, and whatever, all the different new ones that everyone's trying to capitalize on, on Twitter falling apart. You don't want to be on any of that. You want to be in the bird scored talking to us and the people that are in there. Shout out to the bird scored. It's a good time. It's a bunch of rude dudes with attitudes having a a great time. So uh, (laughs) patreon.com slash talking about birds. Also consider leaving us a great, uh, leaving us a review. Hopefully great. A good one. On your favorite podcast platform. It helps. Ben, where can people find us? online elsewhere yeah yeah if you are going to be on twitter make sure to follow us at talk about birds you can also follow us on instagram at talking about birds of course you can email us questions thoughts concerns uh musings at talk about birds 
at gmail.com. Again, that's talkaboutbirds at gmail.com. Um, Nate's got a cat uh, that's new. Uh, we're trying to find a name for it. <laughs> Send those names in. Send those Send names in. in. I think it's got to be Cardinal themed. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna push on that. Okay. Um, and then also, don't forget, we are on Spotify. So if you prefer to listen to podcasts on Spotify, you can find us there as well. Great. So, um, oh, hey, if you're uh, if you just love the sound of my voice and want to hear me talk more, I also have a video game podcast. I never talk about it on the show, but a little plug as we head into the winter months. It's called The Short Game. Check it out. Um, I don't think using the sound of my voice as the angle <laughs> is the right one as I, as I, as I say it, uh, but I've, I've committed. So, um, well, yeah. And, and to be more specific, it's about short video games, games yes. that you can play and beat in a reasonable amount of time. So it's a new video game almost every week. Uh, right. so yeah, to be more specific, it's not just like <laughs> Nate walking through the fields in red dead redemption saying hi to bunny rabbits and stuff like that. It's, it's more interesting though. That, that sounds great. Yes. It's actually, we have a, we have a tight thesis and it's yep. a good show and I recommend you listen to it. So, um, let's talk about, well, what do you want to do first? Do you want to do the good or the bad of 2022? Well, the, the bad is luckily short. The Cardinals did win the central and made it to the playoffs. So the bad is short. I say we we hit the bad and then we we end on the good so that we have a nice little note, you know, like a, we don't have a bad taste okay. in our mouth as, as we wind down the episode. So and again, the Cardinals had a great year. They they won the, their division. They had a powerful offense. So they had contributing rookies. There were there were good things. So. I, I honestly putting together this bad section was kind of difficult because there wasn't really much. Yeah. Um, but I will say there was one thing that was like, I mean, we've been talking about it all year that slaps you in the face with the problem with the Cardinals this year. And that is the catcher position. Um, so catchers uh, for the Cardinals this year, Andrew Kisner, uh, Yachty, and even Her- Ivan Herrera put up a 61 WRC plus, meaning that they're 40% worse than an average hitter. Um, which, which honestly is, is better than I expect. Like <laughs> having, having, you know, watched yeah. the majority of the games yeah, yeah, this yeah. year, I think it was Yachty's one month, uh, of, of, that hotness, he, yeah. of hotness that up- lifted them to a <laughs> 61. Yeah. I bet if you took away that month, they're in the like, I don't know, yeah. tens. It was, I mean, it was bad. It was bad. Um, it, it, I think it essentially closed the door on Andrew Kisner as being a starter in the major leagues. He got a really uh, long look and just yeah. no part of his game really ever showed up, which the, the crazy thing to me is, is that he hit the ball with authority for years and years in the minors. Yeah. Now, obviously that jump is hard, but he just like, what he, I think he had three home runs this year. Yeah. Something well, like I, that. it's hard to be a hitter when you are a starter every day. Yeah. Imagine spending, the majority of your time in the major leagues, just sitting and watching yeah. Yadier Molina, you know? So, so not only was that uh WRC plus their offensive production lackluster, um, they weren't good defenders either. It totaled for a negative 0.6 war total. That is surprisingly only the fourth worst production in the league. There are four or three other teams that had worse production from the catcher position. Um, so, you know, there's that. Um, but they had terrible framing metrics, um, the offense was terrible. Um, throwing runners out was fine. I mean, that, that was the, that was the hole on the Cardinals and it was all year. Um, and obviously there was two months where Yachty just wasn't even 
you know, in America. Well, he had a basketball team to attend to. So <laughs> did you see not... he, he just got he suspended? Just suspended. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love Yachty. Maybe he, he shouldn't be a manager for the cards. He's going to, we're going to, he's going to be like 80 years old. And it's be like, Yachty Ermolino banned from local retirement home. <laughs> Over a table tennis match. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, it was, it was bad. And I don't think there's any, any other way to put it. There were flashes of, you know, of, com- of, of comp- competitive at bats, you know, when Kisner, at the beginning of the season, there was a little bit where we're like, wow, isn't it fun for Kisner? Like he seems spry compared to Yachty, yeah. which is true, but uh, still not great. So I think that's why like the general consensus across the board is everyone's beating the drum for a, like if we get a elite or near elite level catcher, like we cannot overstate how much just that alone like changes this entire lineup because it was, a black hole amongst a generally very good offense and everyone else is returning except for all of, you know, except for who's going to be the starting catcher. So it's like, if you can get anyone, even a 100 WRC plus from that catcher position would be a significant change to the dynamic of the lineup. So, yeah. um, And uh, I'm not beating this drum anymore. I, I can't wait to see what happens with the Cardinals position, but just to pick on Christian Vasquez for one second, he had 119 games played. He had exactly 99 WRC plus, and he was worth 1.6 war, which is essentially three times more valuable than they got out of the catcher's position. Yeah. So even going with a cheap option like Christian Vasquez, you are, you are imp- improving that it's, part of the lineup by so much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, moving on from that, like I said, I really had to kind of pick pick some things uh, to or uh, dig to pick something. So I'm going to say our starting staff was kind of the other the bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and why I say that is because a team that can you know intends to compete in the playoffs. Uh, this doesn't really cut it. They were ranking 16th in the league by total war accrued by the entire pitching staff. Um, so that puts them obviously just barely in the bottom half, but that's the starting rotation, obviously the bullpen all included. Um, and they came in dead last for staff K per nine with 7.38. Um, we've talked about it already. Uh, a high end starting pitcher kind of solves both of those problems in one, but the Cardinals need to find strikeouts somehow somewhere. Yeah, I saw a a list of projections of total war for rotations going into 2023 and the Cardinals, as expected, somewhere right around the same spot, something like 14th or 15th. And the Brewers, by the way, were number one. So, um, you know, we I think we're we're feeling very confident about the NL Central going next year, but it uh, the Brewers will still have one of the best rotations, if not the best rotation and baseball assuming health. So it, it doesn't take a lot for things to break the other way. Yeah. Um, you know, going into 2022, the brewers were the, were the pick to win the central among everyone except for Cardinal fans. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, yeah, I mean, it's it, it. And if it wasn't for Quintana and Montgomery, the entire team was collapsing because of how right. ineffective the ro- rotation had been. So it's uh you know, with the addition of Montgomery and assuming health from some of these guys, the return of Jack Flaherty, we're not as worried about it going into 2022 or 23, but 
we are basically hoping for that same level of like somewhere in the middle of the pack. They're not going to be the best, but the offense will carry the team to the playoffs. And that is a different, like that's a, that's a risky recipe. Pitching is is. always not, not, uh, you know, easy to bank on. And if you're going in with like, we're middle of the pack and we think that's enough. Like it's, a couple bad breaks to be bottom of the pack. And then you have no yeah. shot. And, and it's also something that you can augment just like the catcher position with money or trade. It is there. Here's the problem. Go fix it. You go fix it by yeah. getting an effective starting pitcher or, or a couple of bullpen arms or all of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's right in front of their face. Um, yeah, I'm not, you know, saying anything that the Cardinals don't know. Um, you, you set this up good. So let's start. Uh, we'll, we'll switch over to the good. Um, because really that's all that the Cardinals kind of struggled with, at least from my point of yeah. view last year. Uh, let's switch over to the good uh, that was last year. First thing I want to talk about is that offense. Um, it was kind of what I have written here is it was a quiet juggernaut. And by that, I mean, it was ninth in walks, had the fourth lowest K rate and the fifth uh, best WRC in baseball. Um, so WRC plus, so I'm not saying WRC plus is everything, but it is a good quick number to compare your offense to the league of that year. And, you know, you, you look at teams like, uh, the Astros, uh, the Braves, some of the, uh, the, uh, Dodgers, some of these super teams, the Cardinals were just outside of that. Now there's, there's a drop off. Don't, I'm not, you know, uh, delusional yeah. over here, but they were just below those teams as far as offensive production on the year. And I think that, that is lost um, in in the midst of the conversation of last year. And I think that needs to be pointed out. Yeah. I mean, top five offense is why the Cardinals won the division. They won 93 games. And if you look at Pythagorean record, which put very simply is a, an equation that looks at runs scored against runs given up and try and projects how many games you should have won off of that. Uh, they actually, projected to win 95 games yeah. uh, based off of Pythag. So, um, and they get there because of that offense and that league average pitching. Um, and I mean, it was a, it was the story of the year. It was the fun of yeah. the year. We had career years from Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, and ascent, I, like essentially a career year from Albert Pujols. Yes, I mean, it was. It, like it's hard not to count it as that, you know, because yeah. there was a full other player's career in between that year and <laughs> right. his, you know, previous success. So um, we had uh, even the guys that, you know, had their ups and downs, Tommy Edmond, Newt Barr, um, Dylan Carlson, like everybody had moments of contribution. Tyler O'Neill, who it feels like barely existed in 2022, still had 14 home runs and 14 stolen bases. Like the offense was contributing all year and is, is the reason why they won 93 games and, and made it to the playoffs. So, um, I mean, and and most of those players are returning next year. I think you have to be a little worried about regression because you have a whole bunch of guys have career years. Like, who's going to do it again? So, I don't know. But when talking about the good of 2022, I mean, that's it. That's the story. They won. That was the, the hallmark of the team. And I'm just, again... So glad that we got Jeff Albert out of here because, uh, <laughs> you know, he's screwing everything up. <laughs> he's screwing everything up. Yeah. 
So yeah, yeah. to that point, uh, Dickerson and Carlson basically hit right at league average last year. And then Kinzer and uh, Kisner and Young were the only regular to semi-regular hitters that were worse than league average. The team was yeah. just stacked. And yeah, I like to kind of piggyback off what you just said. What I am kind of hoping that happens, and now if the Cardinals augment the offense, like they should, or I think that they should uh, improve it uh, for like Derdoy. Um, but what I'm hoping yeah, like is Gerdoy. <laughs> but what I'm hoping is while we see regression from Goldie and Nolan that Newt and Carlson and Tyler and Yepes and Walker and Burleson, some yeah. of or all of those guys pick up what you know will be left from this season. And the offense should look somewhat similar, maybe even better, because you have more people being a part of the party. Um, especially well, and, like Tyler O'Neill, like if he can have a year like he had, um, you know, previously, that's 21. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we saw the, the, it was so top heavy. Like you listed a lot of guys that had a league average or near league average, but then you had Arenado and Goldschmidt who both almost, you know, one, won the MVP, the other one was top three. Like we saw what it looked like when they were both struggling, which is what happened at September and then into yeah. Uh, well, Arenado had a good two games in the playoffs, just bad results. But right. like, as soon as Arenado and Goldschmidt weren't crushing every single game, the offense basically yeah. collapsed. Right? right. So we're gonna need that lift the floor essentially. Yeah. We need someone that first of all to fill in for Pujols. It can't be understated. The 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 second half success was directly connected to Pujols's explosion. Yeah. What do you have? I mean, there, like, there were games that he just won. Well, it was he had like there was a period where nine of his ten home runs were all either game winning or game tying home <laughs> runs. You know, it's like it was ridiculous, and it's easy to sort of like hand wave it away, be like, "Oh, how fun was that?" But it's like that's a big hole now that we don't necessarily have going yeah. into twenty twenty three. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, totally. I, I think uh, one, one last thing I wanted to hit as far as the good is concerned, um, and, and this was talked a lot about in 21, and I feel like it just did not give get the press or the the space that it should have in, in 22, was the Cardinals' defense. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe we're just used to it, uh, but they had one of the best defensive groups in the league. Um, that happened with O'Neal injured. Harrison being traded away, Yachty, we already talked about the catcher position being essentially non-existent on both sides of the ball. Um, but the Cardinals led the league in UZR, which is ultimate zone rating. Um, they were third in the league, according to fan graphs and defensive war. They led the league in uh, error runs, which is a, a, a fan graph stat uh, that I, I guess uh, it's the number of runs or below average a fielder is uh, determined by the number of errors he makes as compared to an average fielder. Um, so they were good at everything on the defensive side of the ball. Excellent at everything except for catching and framing. Um, <laughs> yeah. but I just think that that needs to be mentioned again, like that, that like talk about the group coming back, that whole group is coming back and hopefully healthy. Um, we saw Dylan take a step forward in center field. I'm looking forward to seeing that as well. And they, I don't know, it just, uh, I know they won a couple of gold gloves, but I feel like. It just lost a yeah. little bit of the shine because they did it again. Well, yeah, I mean, the Cardinals set a, a baseball record in 2021 with, what, five gold gloves? Yeah, yeah. And so uh, five of nine, <laughs> right? And so in 2022, they only won two of nine and had 
boring. four nominations. Yeah, it's boring. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the other side of this. That's why you can succeed the way they did with a mediocre starting staff. Um, it's also why they, I, I think, while I doubt they intended to have the lowest K per nine in baseball, it's clear, <laughs> yeah. it's clear like they don't prioritize K per nine because they know they have the defense to back it up. Um, so, you know, it's kind of by plan, but I, again, and I then you would... get into a playoff series and you really yeah. need a couple of strikeouts. Yeah. And you just and... can't get them. Well, they're built for this regular season, which yeah. is arguably the right way to go about it. I mean, the, you know, the, how many times, well, that's the, the playoffs are a random championship generator. So there's only so much you can build for a three game series. They got to try to build, I mean, to get at least into they're the, a random championship uh, uh, generator, but what teams have been there very often recently, that's Houston and yeah. And LA and, and, and they are, yeah. they're built uh, to do well, that. They're so, just built to win every single game, every time they play anyone. Cause they are insane. And you know? there's nothing so. stopping the Cardinals from trying to do that as well as all it's I'm true. saying. It's true. Um, cool. Well, I think unless you have any other thoughts, I think we can move on to league news, but that's uh, my, uh, my, my little uh, rundown of, of the last season. No, I think just to, you know, wrap it up. I, 2022 is maybe the most fun I've had watching the Cardinals in a very, yeah. very long time. Uh, we had a successful season, ups and downs, real peaks and valleys, and some of the most fun narratives we've ever had What with Pujols and an MVP, which we haven't had since Pujols, and uh, like the Bader trade, and, yeah. and Newt Bar, and there was just so much. It was, it was always fun, and underlying all of that, we had a, a bunch of prospect breakouts and like, you know, we we were having on the one hand, you had what looks like one of the best prospects in baseball. And on the other hand, you have your best player winning an Nate, MVP. Nate slapping his microphone out of the way. I did just I did just slap my <laughs> microphone. Um, I got He's so excited. Yeah, here, yeah. Man. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think we'd be lucky <laughs> to have another season like this. Uh, we will probably get some of that with uh with Wayno's retirement um but I'm going to make a big deal of it I'll tell you that right now yeah but I, I don't think we'll, I I don't know that we'll ever have this combination oh, of, no. of of story and success combined yeah and um you know while the playoffs were ultimately disappointing that's the most likely situation every time the playoffs happen and this was no different so yeah. um yeah I, I'm fills. I'm very much looking yeah I'm very much looking forward to 2023, but I'm, you know, I think I will, I will remember the 2022 season for, for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I, it's going to be so hard getting used to Yachty not being there, but we'll, we'll do it together. Well, we I got suppose. a taste of it because he just had to be down there with his <laughs> yeah. basketball team. Sure. So. Sure. Yeah. It also helps that he was really bad. Like, let's yes. be clear. Like yes, we love Yachty first ball at hall of famer. We have a freaking Cardinal podcast. There's yeah. our, our 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 love for Yachty is, should be clear, but um, yeah. I I I truly don't think it will be hard if the Cardinals get a good catcher. I think we will be able to move on pretty quickly because yeah. we'll remember like, oh yeah, this is what it's like to have that part <laughs> of the lineup be more than like a fiery moral support, you yeah. know. You know, he still had really good framing numbers when he did play. It was just everybody else was terrible. Yeah. Um, well, he's still this. He was still always like the smartest and maybe most like 
technical guy on the field, but yeah. he's an old man at this point in baseball. It's incredible that he even played that long. Yeah, in, uh, in, in I was looking at him and Christian Vasquez earlier. Yachty played 80 games. Christian Vasquez played 119 games last year. They tied each other in uh, framing runs, um, according to Fangraph. So yeah. that just tells you how good Yachty still was at that part of the game of at his advanced age. Um, okay, cool. Let's uh, move on. Good year. Um, excited for 2023. But let's talk about some league news really quick. We, we can buzz through these. Uh, some small signings that happen. Uh, the Pirates have agreed to a one-year deal for veteran first baseman Carlos Santana. Uh, that's going to pay him six point seven two five million dollars. Um, wow, what a boring uh, move for both sides. Um, yeah, I end mean, of, he, end of analysis. Profesh, he's a what? He's a professional he- hitter. Hitter? Is that uh, what you're going to say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what? Okay. Yeah, he's. This is where guys of his caliber go to make a, a a couple few million dollars at the end of their career. Yeah. And no pressure. You yep. could end up being the best hitter on that team behind Brian Reynolds. Oh yeah. I'd really like to see an O'Neill Cruz uh key Brian that, Hayes breakout. But yeah, I think he I, might be I, right. Actually I saw the Zips projections that just the like the preview for it just came out. And yeah. you know with Cruz and with Key Brian and with Brian Reynolds like there's a world where the Pirates lineup isn't absolute trash in 2023. Sure. Everything else is going to be yeah. bad, so you don't <laughs> really have, have no to pitching, worry about yeah. them. But there's a possibility that they have like a heart of the order that is actually like terrifying to get through, which would be fun again for the Pirates to have yeah. something to be worth watching. I agree. Um, and yeah, the, <laughs> we, we've talked about it, like the NL Central is taking a step back, so it would be nice for the the pirates to take a yeah. step forward. Um, all right. This is a much more exciting deal. Uh, the Astros have found their new first baseman announcing an agreement Monday, a uh, three year deal with Jose Abreu, formerly of the white Sox. Um, he yeah. will receive $19.5 million per season. His total should be around 58.5 million. Um, I'm shocked that the white Sox did not retain him. He, I thought he was kind of just going to always be a white Sox. Um, but yeah. I think this is a probably a really good move for Houston. Yeah. Um, I'm shocked that it was this much. Um, but Houston, I mean, they have a lot of payroll flexibility for how good their team is. Um, their pitching is so cheap. Um, and uh, yeah. Yuli Gurriel had a terrible season for them last year. So they're making a big upgrade uh, for a guy that hits the ball really, really hard. Um, yeah, good deal for the, the Astros. Stupid Astros making stupid, smart moves. Yeah. And uh Abreu said in his press conference that the White Sox made him a competitive offer. Yeah. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. So I think uh, he said, oh, the best team in baseball uh, wants me to come down and play for them at, for $20 million a year. Uh, Durdoy, yeah. here I go, you know, signing <laughs> I get to play up. in the playoffs? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, White Sox should be good, but I, I mean... Should what a, they what though? They like their window. Like, is their window yeah. already closing? What are the White Sox doing? It's a weird team. It's but, nuts. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I mean, obvious. Like, snap call if you're if you're oh yeah, Abreu, you, you know, yeah. like it's it's obvious and it's a stupid good signing for the Astros. And then even if he fails, it's not a it's a lot of money, you know. And I think he's pretty old, but like they have that flexibility that he could become there. DH bench bat and it would still be fine. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, he won the MVP in 2020, the shortened season, he had, and he's had two, like, if you look under the hood, two really good numbers, uh, or uh, good yeah. years after that. So, uh, yeah, anyways, uh, in White Sox news, they said, oh, you did that? Well, I'm going to go sign Mike Clevinger for $12 million for one year, <laughs> which, weird move. Um, it's weird for them to kind of bet on a guy like this when their rotation is in the state that it's in. Also, twelve million bucks for Clevinger after the year he had is kind of shocking to me. Um, he had the, he had the uh, Tommy John year, then he had the comeback year where he really didn't pitch that well. Still got twelve million bucks from a decently competitive team. I, I was surprised at that number when I kind of wanted the Cardinals to take a look at him. I thought it'd be like I don't know, like five, six, seven million. Um, yeah. Not that that's a huge difference, but you know, I guess. Well, he's a guy that. Since he was with the Guardians, it was always like, uh, when's the Clevenger year gonna happen? Yeah. Right. And and it never really has, but I can see maybe there was some secret little bidding war behind that started yeah. at eight and then got the twelve, which is not a lot in right. major league baseball. So um I don't think it's a crazy thing for someone who's projected around maybe seven or eight to end up at twelve. Right. Yeah. I, I bet it was something like that. Or the White Sox were just like, We want our guy. How about twelve? And he's yeah. like Yup. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I think it should be, it's a good signing. I mean, even, even if he's bad, like yeah. it's not that much. And you and I both talked like he was, you ran off a string of middle mid range pitchers last week, I think for the Cardinals and Clevenger was one of them that I thought was yeah. one of the more appealing. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see, but yeah. I don't, you know, there's no such thing as a bad one year deal. And if he's great, they also got themselves a good trade chip at the, at the deadline. Yeah. Yeah. Are the White Sox going to be trading away players at the deadline? That is that we will talk we'll about see. that in six. The Guardians seven, eight months or might so, yeah. might be a force, you know, youngest team in baseball, and they ended up pretty good last year. So, and if they could just go get themselves an outfielder or two, um, they they yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, all right, moving down the list, Reds player Aristides Aquino, uh, Cardinals slapper of butts. Um, is out, <laughs> is, uh, is out the league. Cardinals slapper of butts. All right, go on. I don't want to, I don't want to sit on that one too long. The, the listener understands what I'm trying to say here. Sure. Um, he spanked the Cardinals. Um, yeah, he has signed with, uh, <laughs> the, and go, go on proceed signed. governor. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, with uh, Nippon Professional Baseball. He is uh, now playing baseball for the uh, Janucci uh, Dragons in Japan. He is gone. He's not slapping our butts anymore. So I, I thought you'd be excited about that. Um, but that is a big, strong man who is uh, probably going to hit 50 bombs this year in uh, Japan. Yeah, what a perfect... I mean, like, you know, obviously you hope to be successful in the major leagues. And compared to most people, he was... But uh, I could see him being like a star in the yes. Japanese. Yeah, I, mean, I he, hope he goes there and crushes. He hits the ball so hard. He throws the ball so hard. He's just a yeah. hulking man. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens there. Um, and then outside of that, we got Miguel Cabrera announces that he is officially retiring after 23. So, um, you know, I think it, what would be really great is if an Albert Pujols-esque uh, run was still in him. Um, he has been pretty ineffective for a few years now. Um, but love me some Miggy, one of my favorite, favorite players to watch, especially when he first got yeah. traded to, to Detroit, just like love, love, love me some Miggy. Um, but yeah, final year he'll have his nice little, uh, you know, go around the league, 
Um, and I actually, I don't know this off the top of my head, but hopefully he'll be coming through St. Louis at some point. I feel like he'll get a, a nice ovation, but it'd be cool to see Miggy, you know, one last time before he rides off. Yeah. I mean, you're hitting you your know, microphone. I hit twice it again. Tonight. I know. Jeez, calm I just, down, pal. I'm, I'm exuberant. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, first ballot hall of famer, uh, you know, arguably inner circle hall of famer. No um, question. I hope that the all the bullshit around unanimous is done and he should be unanimous Hall of Fame. Yes. Um, he, he's incredible. And by all accounts, he's a rude dude with no attitude. He's not a rude dude with an attitude. He's a chill dude uh, who you want to hang out with. Um, <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I kept getting worse. Uh, it did. I'm surprised Ugh. he actually is coming back this year. He did like a whole thing with Torkelson where he like gave him his glove and was like, I yeah. pass it on to you. You know, I guess he thinks he has enough or he wants the like retirement circle. You know, I don't well, know. Um, I, I agree because he also got like the honorary all star thing um, with pools yeah. last year. You know, he got to be the all star. And I mean, he had a pretty bad year. He's worth negative one yeah. war, put up an 83 OPS plus. Uh, I mean, he hit five home runs. Is that real? Yeah, he only hit five home runs last year. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, maybe he just wants to be with the team uh, another year. Maybe he wants to play full 20 years. Um, to say yeah, he played 20 know. years in the big leagues. Uh, maybe he wants, I think he's owed like $38 million. Maybe he wants $38 million. He, I bet he wants $38 Thir- 32, no. 32. 30. Oh, okay. Uh, now, yeah, he wants, yeah. Uh, let me, let me think. Do what? Do I want $32 million? Yeah. Okay. I'll come yeah. back for this bad team. You know? Yeah. Um, oh no, I'm going to spend a summer being revered in every ballpark I go to and making more money than any individual human needs. Yeah. So, uh, sure. I'll do that. Yeah, that sounds great. It's a pretty easy sell, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So well, anyway, so that'll happen. We get to see that. And, uh, that's all I got for league news. All right. Well, hopefully we have a more exciting week of actual baseball news next week. Winter meeting starts Sunday, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they'll use, there's usually at least a splash or two from those. Oh, so. yeah. And, you know, we'll have our fingers on the pulse. Oh, I like yeah. to really press hard. Yeah. You know. Is it is it alive? Is the offseason alive? Right now, I don't think no. so. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Listen uh, to so we're going to wrap up. Out. Well, Ben, you actually... Uh, you brought him up earlier, yeah. And in honor of our boy Packy Naughton, Packy Naughton, we're re- we're returning to one of our favorite games. Who's walking here? No. <laughs> <laughs> but Packy Naughton's from Boston. I know that's I the you. joke, Ben. All right. Oh, that's so, the funny part. So the Cardinals, and they have not updated this. Uh, I think since like April of 2022, but they have a, uh, they have a thing on their website, which is their, the players and their walk-up songs. Okay. So I've been using that as the source material for this. Cool. Easy. I, I have, uh, some, some clips from some songs. We're going to play it. I'm going to give you a multiple choice on what player it is. And you have to guess which player used this as their walk-up song. All right. Uh, and this included pitchers. So, um, well, let's just jump right in. So our yeah. first song 
uh, I think uh, a favorite of of you and of yours and mine. We've got Bulls on Parade by Rage Against the Machine. Cool. So we'll go ahead and uh, hear a little bit of this. I think Zach De La Roca just broke his foot or something. <laughs> I've not heard that. Or t- tore a muscle. Mm. I don't know. Well, I hope he's okay. Uh, classic. Love it. Great walk-up song, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I'm like, I'm ready to hit up Dinger. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> um, all right. So who is this? It's just going to fade out here a little bit. Yeah. Um, your options are yeah. Juan Pez, Kramer Robertson, Drew Verhagen, or Ben DeLuzio. Huh. I, that is interesting. I think the oldest person you mentioned was Drew Verhagen. And I, I feel like... It is a, a pretty staunchly elder millennial Gen X band. Um, so I'm going to paint with that brush. So I'm going to say Drew Verhagen. That's right. Drew Verhagen. Boom. Yep. All right. The old ass. Next. <laughs> what is he, Actually, I think, I'm, I think I'm the exact same age as Drew Verhagen. I think he's I think you're older. Okay. Um, oh, wait, am I older? That is so, I, I hate that. All right. Yeah. Isn't it weird? Uh, all right. I keep getting getting older and baseball players stay the same age. <laughs> yes, they do. Oh, um, yeah. I am older than Drew Verhagen. He's 32. Yeah. Damn it. Okay. Uh, this next one. I mean, the Cardinal walk-up music usually falls in like one of two or three camps. And uh, this name alone is like exactly one of those camps. Okay. Bar, guitar, and a honky-tonk crowd. By yep. Whiskey Myers. Whiskey so Myers. Let's go. Let's I think he was born with that name. This. I think so. Yeah. This, is my, this is my toddler whiskey. Oh, yeah, I get it. So I don't actually know what part of the song they use as their walk up. I just tried to grab, you know, parts from the song that sound walk up ish. That's that's when you walk up right there when the the drums I, kick in like that. Yeah, yeah probably. I'm um, getting juiced up. All right. Your options are Andre Palante, Nick Whitgren, Cody Whitley, or Chris Stratton. Chris Stratton. Um. Cody Whitley, Whiskey Room. What is this guy's name? Whiskey what? Whiskey, <laughs> Whiskey Myers. Whiskey Myers. Cody Whitley, Whiskey Myers. I don't know. that For some reason, that's just sticking out to me. So I'm going to say former Cardinal, Cody Whitley. Bad process, good results. Hey. Cody Whitley, you got it. Bad process? What are you talking about? <laughs> I, you think he chose that because his name sounds like Whiskey? <laughs> yeah, I bet he goes, Cody Whitley, Whiskey Myers. Hey. Hey, we got something here, boys. <laughs> um, yeah, you're probably right. Uh, he, um, he also just kind of has that big old country boy look to him that makes me think he listens to music like that. That's fair. Okay. 
I'm I'm, um, I'm being very judgmental in this. <laughs> That's why we play the game. All yeah. right. Uh, now this one's a real hit. I think we both know it. Yeah. Levitating by Dua Lipa, featuring Da Baby. <laughs> I'd like to point out that I hate the baby. Uh, he's a piece <laughs> thought, of shit. I, I thought you, he was your favorite. No. A piece of shit human being. Might also be the dumbest, like, moniker in, yeah. in music. God, whoever chose this song, I am disappointed in. This is just so not my thing. I actually, I, I kind of like, I kind of like Dua Lipa. I never yeah. choose to listen to it, but there's, it's kind of funky, you know. I, Mary and I were talking in the car last night. Why is she one of the biggest pop stars in the world right now? I we don't get what she is selling. There's a lot more that goes into it, like biggest pop star in the world is almost always a like predefined thing that's been orchestrated by you know, like all the music groups. Sure. So why her over anyone else? I don't know. But like, I don't know. There, there's some like funkiness to it that I think is fine for a major pop star. It's all at right. least mildly more interesting than other generic pop music. Um. Well, your yeah, options, who, who yeah. chose this piece of shit? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Aaron Brooks. Okay. Connor Capel, Yvonne Herrera or Andrew Kisner. Oh, it pains me to say this, but I have a feeling this is Andrew Kisner. I don't know why. I just feel it. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. Then you're three for three. Andrew yes. Kisner, Dua Lipa, Levitating, featuring Ben's favorite, Da Baby. <sighs> no, he, for real, he, he is a piece of shit human being. He, yeah. Yeah. That's why you love him. No, um, no I don't all right. like that joke. <laughs> Ooh, we we really landed on something here. He, ben hates he, us. he uh, no. Well, here he said some really n- bad things about gay folks uh, that I really aggressively disagree with. So I'm just setting well, the record now straight. Well, I'm the asshole. <laughs> yes, I needed. I, I right. don't even want to joke about it because he yeah. he sucks. Okay, all yeah. right, I take it back. He sucks. the baby um, sucks. All right, next one. We got two more. <laughs> Can't, I can't wait to make suck. you feel bad about this one. You just walk it into a daycare. The baby sucks. <laughs> right. uh, this is Bad Company by right. Five Finger Death Punch. Oh wow, I haven't heard thought of them in a very long time. I know. You don't. This we don't get a lot of this in walk up music for the Cardinals. And I think it's a good thing that we don't get a lot of this. Yeah. Accompany Wow Always on the run A destiny Oh, it's the rising sun Vocal sounds so strange Well, we're also listening to like Like I don't know, uh, a ripped from YouTube oh, loaded okay. into a Zencaster. Like, this is the worst possible quality way to listen uh, to music. Yeah. So, and I don't mean, you know, like everyone likes what they like or whatever, but um, that style of music is like so far from what I listen to. But yeah. um, 
I don't know. It's fine. Whatever. Five finger death punch. Okay. Bad company. Yep. Your options. Austin Romine, Corey Dickerson, Paul DeYoung, Edmundo Sosa. Oh, I think uh, Edmundo Sosa is cooler than that. Um, I think Corey Dickerson would go with something a little more country. So that brings us to, you said Paul DeYoung and who? Uh, Austin Romine. Ooh. I am going to say Austin Romine. Um, I think Paul's got, uh, I, I just don't think Paul DeYoung would choose that. So I'm, I'm going to go Austin Romine. Final answer. Swing and a miss. That's your ah. first miss. It was Paul DeYoung. Damn it. Paul DeYoung? Really? Maybe if you had a more like upbeat uh, walk-up music, he wouldn't have every plate approach look so sad. <laughs> How does that song get you fired up for anything? That's yeah. what I'm saying. I, maybe it gets more like aggressive, in, or I'm so, sure it does. You know? but. Do you pick your walk-up song to fire you up, to fire the crowd up, or to um, intimidate the opposing team or it's definitely you just not pick the a song that you one. like there's no way you're choosing it to intimidate the other team because there's no way they're paying attention to any of well, that no um, I, I none of it's actually affecting anything but i'm just saying like the thought process i would pick it to pump myself up or yeah. for a bit like it would either yeah. be to make myself like get into it which music pumps people up i mean you probably get tired of it or stop hearing it over time but like you know, if you have like a track that really gets you pumped up, like it sure. might have an effect. Yeah. There are guys that switch their songs out all the time, and I think that might be part of it. Um, but if I'm not doing that, I'm definitely doing like, you know, like Space Jam or something, just trying to make the the crowd laugh. Get up, it's time to slam now. That would be a good yeah. one. Somebody's done that. That's I mean. my. That's the one I always use as my. Uh, like what would be your walk-up song yeah. behind the space jam? Cause I think it's very funny to use the th- song from a different sports movie <laughs> for my, <laughs> so clever. Uh, is there an air bud song? If there's an air bud song, that's get my up. Song. It's time to bud now. Nice. Oh shit. Woof, 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 Weird woof. Here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, this last one, Ben, your personal favorite band, yeah. the red hot chili peppers. Give it away. Stop. Give it away now. <laughs> I'm a huge pepperhead. I've always said that. Give it away. Now, this song at least gets you pumped up. I'm not a huge Chili Peppers fan, but at least you're you're getting in the mood, I think, on this one. (laughs) Nice. I miss... Dude, you nailed that. The the funk rap. This doesn't happen anymore. You missed that? (laughs) Yeah. I think we had enough. I feel. I think that the Red Hot Chili Peppers are the Eagles of our generation. Um, yeah, it is crazy how they played Mile High Stadium, which has like ninety thousand seats in it, and they sold it out. Like yeah. they are so big. Yeah. Well, who chose them as their walk-up song? You've got. Kramer Robertson, (laughs) Dylan Carlson, Jordan Montgomery, or TJ McFarland. (laughs) Wow. Okay. My gut is telling me Kramer Kramer Robinson, but for some reason Montgomery is also, I don't know why. Um, Oh, goodness. This is a difficult one. I mean, who doesn't like the Peppers? 
I don't who, think you're allowed to not like the peppers. Who among us is in a fellow pepper? We head? also often refer to them as the peppers. That's what <laughs> everyone calls them. I am going to, I don't feel confident in this, but I'm going to go for a long shot. I'm going to say Jordan Montgomery is the pepperhead. Well, Ben, you just gave that one away because oh. it was TJ McFarlane. Oh, would never. I No, he just does not. I would not have put those two together. Yeah. Damn. Well, you got three of five. Give it away. Um, so, it, so you gave it away, um, it. which is a 60%. So you failed. Uh, and now you're banished from walking. All right. That's fine with me. I don't yep. really need it. So who's walking here? Not Ben. <laughs> okay. You got me. Cool. All right. <laughs> and that'll do it for this week's episode of Talking About Birds as we recap 2022 and we look forward to an exciting off season of 2023. Uh, thank you all for listening. As always, check out the Patreon. Um, subscribe to our $1.5 million uh, <laughs> a month tier. We will be for forever grateful. And uh, yeah, um, we'll be back next week. Hopefully we have some interesting news. Uh, I think the plan right now is we're going to have an episode again with Kyle Reese and we're going to dig in on some prospects in the 2022 draft. Um, so it, it will likely be the next episode, but um, you know, scheduling can be difficult. So maybe the, maybe the following, but um, we'll have him on soon. So you have that to look forward to. And uh, until next week, I hope you all have a great start of your December and go Cardinals. <laughs> Bye. You do an outro. <laughs> <laughs>